the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. If my headphones are in, it's easier to do this, Joe. Sorry, I just forgot to plug them in. Hey, it's 402. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss program on AM 560 WFIL. Gorgeous uh, day today. Hope you got a chance to get outside a little bit, unlike me behind my computer most of the day. My wife did stop by the radio station with her beautiful 12-year-old, so I did have uh, 20 minutes there and a little bit of time outside. Otherwise, all these electronics. It's all right, though. 74, the high for today, and dropping down to about 65 tonight, so still a nice evening ahead. Going to get cloudy, may get some rain. Tomorrow looks to be on the cloudy side with a little rain still. 74, the high. Sixers are home this evening against the Clippers of the Los Angeles variety. And the Flyers are at the uh, L.A. Kings on the road tonight. 10.30 start for that. Thursday night football, Oakland and San Francisco are playing. Uh, Let's see. We have several cool things going on this hour. Looking forward to chatting with uh, a gentleman named Dr. Wayne Grudem. He has like more degrees than um, than I can count from Harvard, from Cambridge, from Westminster Theological Seminary. Uh, but he wrote this book. It's called Christian Ethics: An Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning, and it's it's big. And uh, we're not going to go through it page by page. Don't worry. But um, it's pretty cool because in the book he's addressing very specifically from a biblical perspective with scripture and. Uh, research, all kinds of things, poverty and wealth, abortion, capital punishment, racial discrimination, self-defense, stuff that Christians really wrestle with and maybe aren't so sure, like, what does the Bible say about this stuff? And he spent a lot of time working on this. He's been teaching ethics for many, many years. And so we're looking forward to having him on for a good chunk of our program. But before we get to that, I wanted to um, also let you know we're continuing our Sarah Groves contest. Sarah is uh, a great woman of God, and she's a musician. She has 13 albums out. Last Friday, Sarah was on the program. We talked to her for most of the hour and kind of went through her catalog a little bit. Uh, she's a, a longtime friend. I've, a lot of my background in radio has to do with music radio, and so I know Sarah from those from the year she started, basically in the late 90s. And uh, anyhow, I wanted to introduce her to the WFIL audience for those who don't know her. I think you'll find her to be great to listen to as well as uh, what she has to talk about and struggling through life and, and, and matching again, God's scripture to these things. So I've been playing a little bit of, of Sarah's interview from last Friday on the show this week, just for two or three, four or five minutes, whatever it is to give you some insight into who she is and again, her music. So we'll do that again today. We've given away several of her albums this week and today we'll do the same thing. I'm going to play just a little clip from her now and then uh, we'll give away her add to the beauty CD that we're actually going to play. She's going to talk about that right now. So this will give you some insight into Sarah Groves. If you want to find out more about her music, it's just sarahgroves.com. No H in there, sarahgroves.com. This is Sarah talking about, let's see, I think this is her sixth album out of 13. We did the first three. We're going to jump to album number six now 
And this is Sarah talking about uh, the, C- the CD, Add to the Beauty. Here we go. If I were to give people three records of those 13, it'd be Conversations, Add to the Beauty, and Floodplain. I think there's sort of like a, a sentence. I said that Add to the Beauty was ending a sentence that I started with Conversations. And so not that those other albums don't matter, but after after All Right Here, I did The Other Side of Something. And then I took some time to do both the uh, um, Station Wagon, which was Songs for Parents, kind of a lullaby album. Yeah. And uh, then did Add to the Beauty. And Add to the Beauty was just a very meaningful record. I had gone through a all right here, other side of something. I was personally, we were on the road a tremendous amount. It was very heavy travel at that time. And Troy and I were figuring out we had a big hurdle at year seven in our marriage and had, you know, had to go to Nashville for some like emergency help, you know, yeah. kind of like emergency counseling. And I had some things happen in our family and different things that were, I'd friendly lost a child and just a lot of suffering and different things around me. And I probably spent a year and a half, I was so overwhelmed and just stressed out, but I was in the, in kind of a, the dark night of the soul or faith crisis. And I I would pick up my Bible, and it would just, was so hard for me to bring any words from the, from it into my experience, into what I was experiencing. I was just building this case. I, my heart was hardening. I was really uh, just sad. I, though, the best way I describe it is like my feelings were hurt. <laughs> yeah. I had been serving God all my life, and I had been very jealous in that. I had been very uh, earnest you know, as a girl and as a teen and as a college student and as a young married very dedicated, very earnest in my faith and serving the Lord. And then just the Job questions kind of blindsided me, hit me. And I think everyone has to, at some point in their life, resolve, is God good, you know? Um, mm. And so I was wrestling with, are you good? Just in light of this loss and in light of this thing that's happening, in light of this person claiming to be a person of God and, and all the hypocrisy that's happening here. So I, I spent a good year and a half just wrestling with what we were doing, like with the way we were gathering. And I, I had to, as I traveled, I had this first eye view of the church. Uh, I think pastors should come out on the road for at least a month and should experience what we experienced because it's very telling. It's very, um, uh, it's wonderful. You get to see the body of Christ kind of from a bird's eye view. You get to see all the aspects that oh, the local body, that's not just the body with the elbow and the feet. Like, you can see the global body at work. You can see how these different even denominations are excelling at certain things and have these blind spots over here. You know, it just it's really fascinating. So I was going to every kind of church you can imagine, and, and uh, Michael Card always said, in every church you go, you'll find living branches and you'll find dead wood. <laughs> mm. And that was true. Everywhere we went, it was, it was like, uh, wow, these powerful things are happening here and but wow, here's this big kind of blind spot here, I, you know, and, and it, so it's just interesting being a kind of a person kind of passing through and experiencing the church like that. And um, my heart was just saying, where where will I find you? And I began to turn, this, this is the time in my life where I began to read Scripture totally differently and, and see these things are not figurative. When he says, I will be with those who are hurting, those who are oppressed, I will be. When Jesus comes out of the desert and says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me to preach good news to the poor, freedom for the captive, release for the prisoner, that these weren't just spiritually figurative things, that actually people on earth, in our, in our communities, were literally living under the hand of an oppressor or 
or living with great tremendous poverty and loss, you know, and things that maybe they didn't even cause themselves, but they were, uh, and Jesus said, I'll, I will be there. You'll find me there. And so Advent of the Beauty was the beginning of my realizing, and it's my declaration that the kingdom of God is real. It is an invitation to enter in, not in the hereafter, but right here, right now. He invites us to be repairs of the breach and to be physically like his hands and feet in a very flesh and blood way. And so Add to the Beauty is a favorite for mine because it's really in the, I'm coming out, I'm on the other side of something, literally the other side of something is me kind of coming through these questions. Can I even change? Jeremiah, tell me about that fire. You know, I'm saying like, where, how does this actually work? Because I felt like I'm just going to church every week and I'm just grooming and grooming and grooming my own personal faith. I'm all dressed up and I have nowhere to go. And so what to what end have I gone to church and gone to church and learned and learned and done all these Bible studies and done all this stuff? And this was Add to the Beauty is a it's a fulcrum, it's a turning point. And I still listen back to those songs and they help me. That is my declaration. The kingdom of God is is near. It is he's inviting us into something right here. And so I I still am very fond of that record and the experience of making it. It was just a very life-changing experience. Sarah Groves talking with us last Friday about her album, Add to the Beauty, her sixth of 13. And one of her top three, she says, this is a song from that album called You Are the Sun. After this, we'll go ahead and give away a copy of Add to the Beauty. Hang on. You are the sun Shining down on
560 WFIL. Can never be a light unless I turn my face to you. What a great line. Sarah Groves from her Add to the Beauty CD and You Are the Sun. We're going to dig into that further with Dr. Wayne Grudem. He's our next guest on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. He has a book called Christian Ethics, an introduction to biblical moral reasoning. And the premise being, hey, God's where it's at. If you really want to dedicate yourself to knowing him and digging deeper, there's lots to be discovered and a lot of freedom and joy to be discovered. So we'll get into that with him in just a little bit. But before we do that, I want to give away her uh, CD, Add to the Beauty, Sarah's. 800-560-WFIL is our toll-free number, 800-560-9345. We'll call in right now. We'll make a winner. And we'll also qualify you for Sarah's greatest hit CD. It's called The Collection. It's actually a two-CD set. So if you want to win the CD you're hearing the song from, Add to the Beauty, call right now at 800-560-9345. We'll make a winner and qualify you to pick up the uh, Greatest Hits collection of Sarah's. Back in just a moment, AM 560 WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 418 AM 560 WFIL. Looking forward to our conversation with Dr. Wayne Grudem in just a moment. But first, we have a winner to make. Hello. Hello. How are you? This is Ossie. What's your name? Ossie. O-S-S-I-E. Ossie. Yes. Like the catcher for the Phillies, Ossie Virgil. Oh, I don't know him. I know Ossie Davis. Ossie, Ossie Virgil used to catch. It was actually two Zs. He, he was back in the 80s, I think. And Harry Callis, the broadcast, you go like... Ossie Virgil is a great name to say. Anyway, <laughs> where are you from, Ossie? I am from Yaden, Pennsylvania. Okay, well, you're a winner. Yay! Yay from Yaden. Well, <laughs> Hang on a sec. We'll get your info off the air. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Ossie qualifies also for Sarah's uh, Greatest Hits collection. We'll do one more little chat tomorrow with Sarah. Replay from last Friday and give away another one of her, um, another one of Sarah's uh, CDs and qualify that person for her greatest hit CD. If you would like to just flat out qualify for the two CD set, you can send me a quick email to D at WFIL.com. T-I-M-M-Y-D at WFIL.com. And, uh, and we'll go from there. All right. So that'll be another way you could, you could potentially win. It is 420, and we are pleased at this point to uh, shift gears a little bit. We have Dr. Wayne Grudem on the program checking in. Hello, sir. How are you doing? What's going on? I'm very well, thank you, out here in Arizona. Yeah. Well, we're glad to make the connection. Uh, I got an email about your most recent book, uh, Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning, and... It's quite a work, so I figured it'd be great to hear your thoughts on it and, and how it came together and all of that. And uh, of course, you've written another book, a best-selling author of Systematic Theology. And I yes. guess would this book can be considered a kind of continuation, or at least goes along with the other one? It really is a companion volume, Tim. Um, Systematic Theology came out in 1994, so it's been 28 years. And when I turned in Systematic Theology, my plan was. Within five years or so, I'd write a textbook on Christian ethics, uh, and here it is 24 years later, and finally I've finished the book. <laughs> well, so so people understand, 
Let me paint a picture. I had to have two interns bring the book into the studio with me. <laughs> it's uh, 1,296 pages. Yes. 42 topics are covered in this book. And uh, yes. I was going to ask you, when you started out writing, you're kind of answering this, did you have any idea the book would be so involved and comprehensive? I mean, even did you think the book was going to be this large, but it could be done faster? Or did you just think it maybe several hundred pages and it turned into almost 1,300? I thought it would be similar in size to systematic theology because systematic theology is covering uh, biblical doctrines. What does the whole Bible say about the Trinity or about the deity of Christ or about justification or about heaven and hell or about angels? That kind of thing is, is traditional topics in theology, but and that's what we should believe. But then ethics is how we should live. What attitudes of heart does God want us to have? and cultivate and grow in, and then what kinds of actions is he pleased with in our life? So they're companions. One, the systematic theology, what we should believe, and the Christian ethics book, this new book, um, how we should live. Dr. Wayne Grudem, our guest, uh, a long list of, of accomplishments in terms of your, your work and, and your study, BA at Harvard, PhD at Cambridge University, MDiv and DD, Doctor of Divinity, I guess it is, from Westminster Theological, which is right here in our area in Glenside. And, right. And, I have yeah. great, great, wonderful memories of my student days at Westminster. That's excellent. My father went to uh, graduated from was at West, Westminster back in, the, I guess, the 50s. So he's 90 uh. years old, still living <laughs> around, and he's. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, um, and now. The, I graduated in 73. That's still, that's not quite ancient history, but it's a, it's a long time ago now. <laughs> well, and now, as you mentioned at the beginning, from Arizona, professor of theology and biblical studies at Phoenix Seminary. Did you did you have in the beginning in your mind you had systematic theology in 1994 and this new book that we're talking about Christian ethics an introduction to biblical moral reasoning did you know if you will that that second one was kind of in the back of your mind let's let's get the theology down first and then write how do you live it out well I've I've been teaching for 41 years now four years at the college level and then 37 years at the seminary level Tim uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Illinois for 20 years and now. Phoenix Seminary here in Arizona for 17. In both cases, my approach is the same. It's if you believe the whole Bible to be the Word of God, what does it teach you about what you should believe? That's systematic theology. And again, if you take the whole Bible as the Word of God, what does it teach you about how you should live your life? That's ethics. So in the ethics book, this new book, Christian Ethics, it's uh, topics like lying and telling the truth, uh, abortion, euthanasia, end-of-life issues, racial discrimination, uh, divorce and remarriage, homosexuality, uh, stewardship of money, wise use of the environment, care for the poor, yeah. self-defense, um, alcohol and uh, drugs, aging and death. I, I guess I'm jumping around and saying, well, yeah. when we get into the question of how we should live, there are a lot of issues. Yeah, and some of those topics, obviously, you, you'll find maybe a lot of people will agree on one kind of thing more than another, and some will be yeah. more divisive or hard to get, you know, to sort through. Were there any, as you were writing, that proved to be more difficult in terms of gathering scriptures and everything else to present a chapter? Or Well, the one that comes to mind uh, quickly, Tim, is the chapter on how to use the Old Testament for ethical guidance. Hmm. I've been teaching ethics, as I said, for 41 years in various uh, college and seminary situations. And I've always had uh, an, an approach I thought was somewhat satisfactory, but I wasn't sure I'd completely resolve the the difficult question for many people. How do we treat the Old Testament, especially the Mosaic laws, for 
our life today. Yeah. And I ended up concluding that the New Testament is clear that the New Covenant has come with Christ, and the Old Covenant, which is the Mosaic Covenant, has been abolished. So we start out by saying all those laws that were given by Moses, those specific detailed laws, are uh, they've been brought to an end, they've uh, been abrogated, and they're no longer directly applicable to us or binding on us. However, Paul says all Scripture is profitable. It's, it's breathed out by God and profitable for doctrine, correction, and reproof, and training in righteousness. And so even though it's not directly binding on us, the whole Old Testament is a source of wisdom regarding God's uh, the things that please and displease God. And so we then have to look at the New Testament authors and follow their pattern of how they use the Old Testament moral laws and the Old Testament mosaic laws uh, and uh, how they employ them in light of the changes that have come with the new covenant in Christ. Just one example, we don't offer sacrifices of animals anymore right. because they foreshadowed the sacrifice of Christ, and he's completed that. Yeah, that would be quite a... Yeah, we talked about that at churches past Sunday, actually. It'd be yeah. Quite, quite a but, different Sunday morning service if that was the case. Yes, it would be. But uh, still, is there something we can learn about sacrifices that we can give to God? Yes, the New Testament says when we offer up worship and praise, that's a sacrifice acceptable to God. When we do good to others and share what we have, that's also a sacrifice that is pleasing to God, it says in the book of Hebrews. So it, isn't that it doesn't teach us, it's just that it's not directly required of us to obey the specific laws in the uh, Mosaic Covenant. That was a challenge to work through that, but I, I, I've had people say this is a very helpful chapter. Yeah. Chatting with Dr. Wayne Grudem uh, on AM560 WFIL, and, and I'm guessing as you're, you're focused on putting the Scripture out there first and foremost in this book, again, uh, Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning. How did you balance the tone as readers read? Are they in more for, you're trying to put the Scripture out, here's the material, now you go for it and dig in, compared to you know, some of your, you know, a little guidance, like this is what I've found, as you said, 40 years plus doing teaching. Right. Well, uh, Tim, I want to be very clear. I don't want anyone to adopt an ethical position simply because Wayne Grudem said <laughs> right, so. Right. I want people to be persuaded from Scripture, but also I understand that studying ethics is gaining wisdom in applying Scripture rightly to life. And so we are to be good stewards of the environment, and God put Adam and Eve in the garden and told them to uh, fill the earth and have dominion over it and subdue it. But what does that mean in terms of issues of global warming or climate change? Is carbon dioxide harmful? Is increasing carbon dioxide harmful to the atmosphere or not? And are human beings uh, endangering the atmosphere by using coal, oil, natural gas, fossil-based fuels? That's a fact-based question. And uh, so I have quite a bit of research in the volume in the chapter on chapter 41 on the environment having to do with the facts of um, carbon dioxide. Hmm. So that's, that's an example. Another example would be the uh, distinct genetic identity of the unborn child uh, as an indication of human personhood. Yeah. That's fact-based information. Reproductive technology is in vitro fertilization. Does it lead to wrongful termination of a human life? For instance, that's a fact-based question. So ethics is studying what does the whole Bible say about ethical principles, protecting human life, for instance, right. or care for the environment, but then what are the facts of the situation? So that's part of the reason it took so long to compile the book, because 
I had to have some familiarity with a wide variety of um, fact-based issues in the in the world today. Yeah. All right. Very good, Dr. Wayne Grudem, our guest this afternoon, checking in from Phoenix, Arizona. We'll rejoin our conversation and continue on in just a moment. Also, uh, I'm thinking just on a different note altogether. We had some fun giving away a while about gift cards yesterday. We'll try and slip that in again before the end of the program. Hang on just a second. That and more coming up. It's AM 560 WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 432 AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Forecast today. Sunny the rest of the afternoon. Heading towards some clouds this evening. Might get a shower or thunder shower in spots. Low 65. Tomorrow on the cloudy side. And some rain likely high 70. Flyers are at the LA Kings tonight. Later on, Sixers are home at uh, taking on the LA Clippers. We are chatting with Dr. Wayne Grudem today. Um, BA from Harvard, PhD from University of Cambridge, MDiv, and Doctor of Divinity from Westminster Theological Seminary right in Glenside in our neck of the woods. Currently a research professor of theology and biblical studies at Phoenix Seminary. He has a book out called Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning. And uh, we're talking about that this afternoon. And we were talking before the break a bit about uh, kind of what people are in store for, because obviously Scripture— is uh, a big part of it. Uh, but so scripture is obviously very important because that's the source. But then, as you say, there are other areas of, I guess, I don't know if research is the right word, or as you say, fact-based. Yeah, it is research. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's all part yeah. of what goes into this um, into this work, just to be clear. And so I should know. say, Tim, um, there are a number of issues where Christians have different viewpoints on alcoholic beverages or principles for divorce and remarriage. Yeah. For example, uh, care for the poor and the best way to approach issues of poverty. In those cases, I have represented what and quoted from and given reference to the most responsible uh, representatives of positions that disagree with me from within the evangelical world hmm. on, on birth control, on marriage and divorce, on whether it's ever right to lie and uh, other things like that. So that the subtitle of the book, Christian Ethics, is an introduction to biblical moral reasoning. I want people to be able to hear the reasons on both sides and think through the issue. I want people to be able to read and understand clearly why I hold the position I do, but also understand what other Christians have believed about that topic. And I think that's how you're answering my question, then. In the book, that you will make clear, uh, not that your position is greater than Scripture's, or you're trying to make it, here's, I'm I'm Dr. Grudem, I know a lot, you should listen to me. It's but your but your opinion is well i mean but and you do know a lot so obviously you want to respect that but to clarify you're making scripture the front and center with the supporting exactly. research and you're here's what i think or here's where this leads things but still leave the door open to say you may actually disagree right you know cuz there yeah okay good that's great to know and well and the reason i say that is um I think in our – I don't know if it's the the acceleration of information that we're all exposed to. Uh, we have a say in how much we're exposed to. You just turn your phone off or turn your TV off. But uh, right. it's still probably coming at most of us at a more accelerated pace and all things being equal. With so many voices in the mix, I would contend that it's easy to watch the lines blur, but this could help anchor things. And there's actually specific scriptures that you can say yes or no. Or there's clarity to be found. 
Right. Uh, year after year, as I've taught ethics at the seminary level, I've had students say to me, wow, I uh, didn't realize I could reach conclusions on these question, ethical questions that I've wondered about. Hmm. I'm hoping, Jim, to call Christians today to a life of more zealous pursuit of holiness and zealous pursuit of obedience to God, living in a way that is pleasing to Him. What Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. I'm hoping that it'll call Christians, especially students in seminaries and colleges, but also interested lay people. I've written it at the same level as systematic theology, where thousands of lay people have said, you know, I, I picked this up, and uh, I was surprised I could understand it, and it helped my Christian life. So I'm hoping that this new book, Christian Ethics, will do the same thing. And maybe one really important thing, I know that as I read through what you know, some of the materials concerning the book, you talked about this in terms of the book being kind of an invitation to delight in God's goodness. Yes. And God's yes. beauty, because if there really is truth to be found, because there is the half truth, right? The the words inclusion get t- tossed around in our culture a lot. The word uh, tolerant, and I always feel like it's a little bit of a lie. Like, yeah, of course we should be tolerant in the sense that like, everybody's an individual, so give them some space. Uh, don't be rude and jam your opinion down their throat or even God's word. But it doesn't mean that there's not truth to be found, you know, or there's not a yes exactly. and a no or a right and a wrong. And that, exactly, yeah. and the Bible comes to us as the only book in the world that is, the whole book is the very words of God for our good and our benefit. I should also say another aspect of the book, uh, Tim, I'm hoping that this is a challenge to pastors to feel more confidence in preaching on ethical issues, hmm. because we live in a culture that is hostile to Christian moral values in so many areas of life, and uh, Christians are hungry for instruction in these issues. I could see how a pastor would want to be, as you or even the word loving, and be careful, like so careful that they wind up saying nothing because they don't right. want anybody to be offended or hurt. Or, right. And it's but tough. One of, the, one of the lifetime verses that has been in the forefront of my consciousness for many years hmm. has been um, Acts 20, 26, and 27, where Paul says to the elders at the church at Ephesus, after he'd been there for three years teaching them, He said, um, I'm innocent of the blood of all of you because I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. In other words, I want to be able to stand before God on the last day and say, I didn't back down because of fear or cowardice or timidity from speaking about and teaching clearly everything that your word teaches, whether it's popular or not. Um, And interestingly enough, uh, Tim, you mentioned that I'm a graduate of Westminster Seminary. On the shield of Westminster Seminary, I'm looking at it on my wall right now. It says, Pasa he bule tu theu, the whole counsel of God. That's from Acts 20:27. 20, <laughs> wow. And um, Westminster was founded with that conviction. We're not going to back down from anything God's Word says. It's all God's Word. It's all true, and it all must be proclaimed boldly. Dr. Wayne Grudem, our guest, Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning, the current book that's out. It's 1,296 pages, covers 42 topics, in depth, you know, it's very interesting. You use the word lifetime verse. Uh, I, I have been taking to asking guests. You're the first person to actually come at me with yours before you even asked. <laughs> I have one back to share with you that ties back to your reason for writing this. Um, Psalm eighty four eleven: Our God is a sun and shield. No good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And I've been thinking about that verse for the last three or four years a wow. lot. Wow. Um, 
Spe- I know that verse too. Yeah, specifically, the, not not so much the part about my walk being blameless, as much as no good thing does God withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And wow. you really think about it. In the end, it all comes back to the garden. Like, did God really say that? Like, God's trying to <laughs> God's holding back on you. He, he's not giving you all the good stuff. Or, or being a Christian could be something like eating your broccoli. Like, I'll be glad I did one day when I get to heaven. And for now, I kind of got to slug it out. And it's like, well, you know what? Temptation is real. But if you think that God's actually holding back, then there will yeah. be moments you think, oh, if I just did this, it's better than what God says. But that would mean that there's, there's actually points in the time-space continuum where God actually has something less to offer than the best. And that's not it's true. A great verse. It's a great verse, Tim. Now I've got another one for you that's been important to me. Yeah. Psalm 37, 4. Take uh, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And that has been um, something that's been a desire of my heart, to take delight in the Lord and, and an experience of my heart. Since um, high school or college, I don't remember, maybe even elementary school, maybe before I knew the verse, hmm. but um, it's a wonderful verse. Yeah, it is. Psalm 37.4, Dr. Wayne Grudem, our guest, best-selling author of Systematic Theology and now a companion volume that's massive, 1,296 pages. It's called Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning. We'll continue our conversation here in just a moment. You're listening to AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com, The Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Live and local, it's The Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 444. I like that. It's very symmetric. If I wait a few more seconds, it'll be 444 and 44 seconds. What do you think of that, Joe? Yeah. Hey, so uh, we want to continue our conversation much more importantly than that. Dr. Wayne Grudem, research professor of theology at Biblical Studies in Phoenix Seminary in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, been teaching ethics for over 40 years. This new book, Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning, it covers 42 topics, uh, 1,296 pages, and although it's, it's, a, it's a rather large book, um, just you almost feel like you need to have studied ethics prior to this, but that's not really the case, right? Yes, exactly. It's an introduction. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, uh, and people can skip around if they just want to read the— if they just want to read the chapter on work and rest, or they just want to read the chapter on personal stewardship of money or business ethics, they can go directly to Chapter 40, Business Ethics. Wow. Read the chapters in any order. Did you start writing this almost right after the, uh, the first book, Systematic Theology, was out? Well, actually, I started teaching ethics at Bethel College in St. Paul in 1977, so um, wow. I suppose the class notes grew and expanded, and I taught various elective classes on specialty issues within ethics over the last 41 years. It took me three years of concentrated work to write the book, but in a way, 41 years of research and teaching. Yeah, yeah, of course, right. Wow, so it's special. It's a, it's a. I kidded at the beginning about interns helping bring it in the room, but it's a big work. Christian ethics: an introduction to biblical moral reasoning. Forty-two topics addressed, things ranging from abortion to poverty and wealth to racial discrimination to uh, business ethics, Sabbath commandment, and a bunch of others that are that are on everybody's mind. And in the end, sometimes it's just like oh, I, I'll try my best at this, but this is looks to be a very in-depth look at at these topics and. 
last thing before we let you go, I'm sure you have plenty going on today. As these topics are addressed, is there a pattern to each chapter where it's it starts with like scripture and then it goes into some questions for pondering, or or does each chapter de- it depends on the topic? Well, it depends on the topic, but each chapter has a scripture memory verse at the end, and actually a hymn because I think ethics is rightly studied in the context of worship of God. Hmm. I think it's also helpful as to take my place is maybe the best way to put it because uh, I'm nobody's judge. In the end, I want to I want like you said in Acts the Acts the verses you shared. I want to point people where I think they need to look and pray yeah. and love and spend time with people and then and realize that God is able to make them stand or is God's going to work because there's some stuff I'm still probably not going to be able to totally figure out or have agreement on with some people. But anyway. Well, and I say on page one, I cannot claim to live up to all the ethical standards described in this book, nor can anyone else who reads it or teaches from it. Jesus said, you must be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, Matthew 5.48. That includes not only our actions, but our motives and our heart attitudes, and we're, we're, we're not perfect. But we still seek to proclaim the truth of God's Word. First of all, that there is forgiveness for all our sins by trusting in Jesus Christ and Him alone for our salvation. And second, then, that God gives us standards by which he wants us to live and the power of the Holy Spirit working within us to enable us to live in accordance with his will and in a way that is pleasing to him more and more throughout our lives. Both things have to be said. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time, Dr. Grudem. It's a privilege to chat with you and to receive this work, and I'll work my way through it. Thank you, Tim. Great great having you on. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Dr. Wayne Grudem. Joe, how did I do? You, you, you good? Yeah. Did your microphone work? That could be a gimmick, though. We could just never turn the microphone on. You could, I can see it, but no one else can. Well, I ask you because Dr. Grudem has his bachelor's from Harvard. He is a doctorate from Cambridge. His MDiv and Doctor of Divinity from Westminster Theological, and that's not all. And now he's a professor out in Phoenix. So. A lesser man might have been slightly intimidated by all of those degrees. Meanwhile, I'm like, uh, what's for lunch? So, <laughs> anyway, I'm glad to seem to go all right. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was good. I was impressed. Oh, good. Well, there you are. And your voice came through. There is a real Joe, because we've had some people say, I hear you talk about this mythical Joe, but does he really exist? He is mythical, but he does exist. Yeah. Good. Well, let's do a brief break. And I mentioned, uh, because we had fun yesterday doing that Wawa card gift card thing, we'll probably do that uh, as well after the break. And I have one other thing to yap about. It's important. Trust me. You're listening to Tim DeMoss Show. It's AM560, WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.52. We had that fine gentleman on our broadcast show. That was great, Dr. Tony Hart. It's a Tim DeMoss show. Been around for close to a couple of months now. And if you're new to the program, we're aiming for a few things. One is a nice blend of national as well as local guests. Uh, As far as that goes, it could be in the realm of ministry, like someone who's a pastor or a community leader. Could be a charity or something like that. Could also be someone who's an author or someone who's in the field of uh, music or movies or sports. And part of the thrust behind that really is just that 
we're made in God's image. And so everyone has in, uh, intrinsic eternal value because you're made in God's image. And so I don't want to, uh, we don't want to have like a program that's just about all these well-known names. I think that there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of wonderful resources out there and stories to be told that will hopefully encourage people and, and challenge people, myself included. I like learning and, and keep my eyes open. And uh, my prayer partly is also that I would have eyes that see that the way the Lord does and that I would not see only if someone's well-known or if they have money or if they're popular or something like that. But, you know, God's at work all over the place. So I want to be part of that, and, and hopefully you'll be encouraged by that as well. One place that God's working is in Central Asia. You've heard us talk about Trans World Radio uh, they are they are putting up this 200,000 watt AM transmitter, and in a nutshell, it will help Transworld Radio. This will help reach uh, ten parts of ten countries, including China and Russia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and some really hard to reach places. With the terrain, uh, radio can go so many places, and AM radio specifically can really go, uh, especially at night, can travel tremendous distances. And so, what's kind of neat about this whole project is that the lead engineer for the project is from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I happen to know him and his wife. They've been with Transworld Radio for 30-plus years, a great couple. They checked in actually on the phone from Cyprus. I guess it was last week. They also called right before they got in the plane to travel. So I mention that because sometimes people say, uh, I don't mind contributing to something. I just kind of like to know where the money is actually going. Well, this is about as close as you're going to get with uh, with any of that, and it's exciting uh, to be able to be part of it. So the, the nuts and bolts of it is this transmitter has been shipped to the location, which has to remain a secret, but it's in Central Asia, and its position will allow it to cross borders of 10 countries. And they're hoping to actually turn the switch on in January or perhaps as late as February. The transmitter itself is $593,000, uh, which in terms of transmitter costs is actually a real bargain, a real steal, but it's still a lot of money. When we got connected with TWR, we said, well, we can't obviously, you know, probably not raise that much, but we'd like to do something. And we're just going to, our goal is basically like 1% of that or a little over $6,000, something around that. And so far, I just got an update from Transworld Radio. We have $1,700 that's come in so far, which is great. So we're about, uh, you know, 25, 30% of the way there. Uh, all of which is to say, if you would like to help, it basically, if you appreciate WFIL and listening into the programs, and the pastors and the different ministries and things, uh, this is giving that gift to people who don't have it. And even more so, honestly, the people in these regions are, are largely unchurched. So it's even more than just helping somebody who knows what Christian radio is about and they wish they had some to people who, in many cases, have never heard the gospel at all. And on top of that, Transworld Radio does all this work where they're translating the programming into the native languages. It's inc an incredible system. And uh, when you consider that it's a 60 million person coverage map that this transmitter is going to reach, it basically translates to a penny a person. So if you said, okay, I'll do 10 bucks, just help with $10, that would potentially reach a thousand people with the gospel. If you did a hundred dollars, it'd be 10,000 potential people hearing the gospel. Uh, so you decide one way I thought that could be fun for people to think of it is in terms of where you live. I'll give you a couple quick examples. If you live in Belmar, New Jersey, population 56.80, that means for $56.80, you could basically provide Christian radio in Central Asia for the same as it would be for provided in, in Belmar, New Jersey. Or let's say you're in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, population 22,695. So for $226.95, you could provide the equivalent of radio for the entire area of Pottstown in the Middle East. 
uh, or in Central Asia, I should say. So that's one way to think about it. Yeah, uh, you, not that you have to know exactly what your pot, like you could just call and, and help out. You don't have to look that up first. Uh, but if you would like to be part of that, there's a toll-free number that's specially set up for our listening family. It's 800-880-4TWR, 800-880-4TWR, which again is 800-880-4896 or WFIL.com and click the Silk Road Project banner. That's right on our homepage. If it's uh, you're driving or it's too hard to remember everything, you can always email me too. I can get you in touch with the right people. My email is Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. We have time, uh, and thank you for considering that. If you, By the way, if you're willing to do something monthly, that'll actually count 12 times toward the goal. If you're somebody say, I'll do 20 bucks a month for a while, they'll actually count that as 240. We could really knock this goal out very quickly if folks were to consider doing a monthly gift for a season. All right, so that's that. Uh, we want to give away a Wawa gift card now. If you'd like to call in at 800-560-WFIL as we wrap up the program, 800-560-9345. And it's for $5.60 since our frequency is 560. And it'll allow you to get a few coffees as the weather turns colder because it will happen. It will turn colder uh, as we wrap up our program. Feel free to call in and we'll take a random caller to win that. 800-560-9345 to pick up the uh, Wawa gift card. We mailed out a bunch of them this morning and we still have a stack of them to hand out. So over the course of the next week or two, uh, you can also email to get in the running for that. We had some folks do that yesterday. If your name's not drawn out, we'll keep you in the hat all the way through. All right. So either email to get in the running, Timmy D at WFIL.com for the free Wawa gift card or give a quick call. 800-560-WFIL. Quick name. Hello. What's your name? Hi, Valerie McGee. And where are you from? Uh, East Coventry, right by Pottstown, Pennsylvania. You won. Bye. Hold on. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.